Mind Fudgers, and welcome to episode 62 of the Mind Fudge Comedy Podcast. I'm your host, Justin. Justin! Yeah, yes, that's me. Hello. I'm also joined by Andy. Andy! That's you. Yes, hello. And our other co-host. George! I got Fuck a, off. I got a sing song, too, my name. George! <laughs> the Tripsus! <laughs> How's it going, guys? Good, how are you? I'm, I'm doing okay. My, I'm still getting over that sickness. You can tell my voice is kind of off today, but it's not too bad, right? No. Well, this week's theme is love, and this one was chosen by me because we haven't recorded in three months, and we skipped over Valentine's Day, so something to talk about. Let's give them something to talk about. Let's give them something to talk about. See, I, was hearing, I was hearing that song in my head, but you had to go there. <laughs> that was a pretty high-pitched falsetto note you there, Andy. I punched myself in the nuts for it. All right. As dedication. He's squeezing his nipple at the That's same time, too. That's something to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's move right into things, then. Uh, it's time for Mind Melters. Here are some terrible questions based on this week's theme. This is Mind Melters. Question number one, Andy. What is love? Baby, don't hurt me. Don't hurt me. No more. No more. Love is what makes a Subaru a Subaru. <laughs> love is patient. Love is kind of, Oh, no. Love is a bunch of fucking neurotransmitters in your brain firing off, similarly to some illicit drugs. That's correct. All right. Well, what about you, George? What is love? Uh, pizza? Pizza's love. Yeah. Most definitely. Yeah. Only right. if it's heart-shaped. Yeah. Or round. I love pizza. Or, 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 or any kind of pizza. Yeah, Square pizza's fine, pizza's too. Pizza's great, yeah. yeah. Movies? Pizza in the morning, pizza in the evening, pizza at supper time. When pizza's <laughs> on a bagel, you can eat pizza anytime. Pure love. <laughs> wow. Why is pizza on a bagel? Did you ever wonder about that? I don't know, but I tell my kids that at like normal pace and volume, like it's some sort of wisdom. <laughs> <laughs> That's love right there. Isn't that, that is. Oh, well, you know, kids, when pizza's on a bagel, uh, you can as, have pizza. As anytime. I understand it, love is step number three. Out of 42? No, step number three. Step number three. Live, laugh. Wow, love. he's still he's still rolling through that from last night. Am I wrong? No, I'll allow it. I'll okay. allow it. All right, yeah, sure. Okay. Question number two: Do you believe in love at first sight, Andy? Uh, well, sometimes I have to walk by twice, or so, sometimes no sight at all, because you know if they're asleep. Wow, because that's consent, guys. <laughs> I don't think that's right. Implied I, consent. I don't think it's right either, to be honest. Maybe, with you. maybe for like medical help. <laughs> I don't even think that's true either. It is. <laughs> in andy's world i don't know so what's what's your answer trust me i'm a doctor mm, I've, I've heard that before freelance gynecologist <laughs> i've heard that before <laughs> what's your answer to love at first sight uh well see that's the thing love is supposed to be blind so i think that's just an extended joke but maybe it's justice that's blind and love i don't know love has 2020 vision but only in hindsight perhaps hmm well, love has been wrong before on yeah, first definitely sight. definitely be wrong again. I hope not. I've already been divorced once, George. <laughs> what sort of juju are you laying on me? Good juju? It doesn't sound like it, no. <laughs> what about you, George? Do you believe in love at first sight? No. So you need me no. to walk by again? Yes. This time a little bit slower, though. Now, we all got it. We just didn't respond to you. <laughs> Want me to move <laughs> Want me to go backwards this time? Yes, please. Yeah. Put a little you shake a with them fries. Right, what's, the, I need you to do? what's the opposite of love? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just uh, vomited in my mouth and George's mouth. Wow. Um, no, I do not believe in love at first sight. I believe love is something you have to work at 
And it's a battlefield. That's right. It is a battlefield. I don't know. I do say that it's kind of possible that true love exists. Like, you meet the person you're supposed to be with and you just know it. Um, so you believe in the one? I do believe like, in the one. And I think if that's if the first time you see the one, you know, it could be a real thing. Keanu Reeves. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so you believe, like, there's one person out in the whole world for you? I believe there's a lot of people that you're closely compatible with. There has to be one person in the world that you're more compatible with than anybody else, right? I don't know. There's a lot of people in the world. Right, but there has to be one person that exists on the world that you're more, you have the capability to be more compatible with than any other person out there. I'll agree that there has to be mathematically a most compatible. Yeah. And this brings us into the whole, there's a whole lot of people in the world. Yes, there are 7 billion, but let's face it, you're not going to be compatible with anyone that's in China or India or someplace like that because they've just got too many cultural differences from you. He's now, right. once you either immigrate to China or India or they immigrate to the U.S. and you start building up a cultural rapport on that level, maybe. Sure. Okay. But as it stands, that's like six billion people knocked out. I, I think the odds are very small of ever coming across that one person that you're meant to be with like, or you're most you know, compatible with. Yeah, huh? But I do believe that like plenty of relationships are formed off of the first time somebody meets somebody else. You know, like Erica and I, we talked online. We were friends like tangentially for a while, but we had never met in person. The minute I met her in person, I was like, holy shit, I should be with this person. I've had plenty of moments like that, and they lasted a couple nights, and then everything was okay again. Is that not what we're talking about? That's You're making weird faces. About. All right. <laughs> I, I understood where you were going. I know you did, George. Thank yeah. you. I'm sorry I didn't call you back. <laughs> <laughs> I got over it. Well, look, you're a very impressive power bottom. Question number three. <laughs> <laughs> Andy, tell us about your first love. The next door neighbor when I was in third grade. Wow. She was that sli- was your first love? Well, I mean, what are we considering our first loves? What do you consider your first love? That's where it really matters. First kiss, I guess. First, any time that it was like holding hands and <laughs> okay, those warm yeah. fuzzy feelings. Wow, really? Okay. I mean, it wasn't an adult relationship, George. We were eight. Okay. Well, she was nine, so I guess it could have been. Hey, no. According to my fucking porn hogging kid. Anyways, what do you consider your first love? Uh, I was thirteen years old. It was my probably my uh, first real girlfriend. Oh, lefty. No. Ah, right-handed, I see. Keep going, George. <laughs> Are you done? Are you not going to finish your story? I'll go back. I'll come back around to oh, you'll come back around? Yeah, uh, once I get where you guys are going with this. Uh, so I was originally talking to this girl in my class. Uh, her name was Melissa. And then calling her up one day, she wasn't home or she didn't answer the phone. I don't necessarily know what happened, but her older sister picked up the phone. Her name was Christina, and that kind of like hit things off. And we started talking more and more often. And then we became boyfriend-girlfriend. I don't know how, but it just happened. And then, you know, we started dating. And next thing you know... Uh, she like, moves in with him? Yeah, no. At 13? <laughs> no. Uh, I, Let's go get a place. He's <laughs> like, my parents have new statues everywhere. They won't care. They, they won't notice you. <laughs> They're <here."> very progressive. <laughs> They're asleep, uh, so they're consenting. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, because I could have easily confused uh, love for lust at the time, I guess, because I did lose my virginity to her. So so there's that. 
But that's what I would consider like my first love, I guess. Okay. I'm not sure. Uh, well, mine is strangely similar to Andy's. It was third grade. What were you doing next door to me? Hey, now. <laughs> uh, she didn't live next door. She lived one street over and three houses down. Her name was Kayla, and she had a twin sister named Bren. Wow. Kayla Big and dreams. Bren. Yeah, but she was my first girlfriend. You know, we would At nine? I was eight. Eight? Yeah, we would hang out on her trampoline in her backyard, like lay in the inner tube and just make out. <laughs> At eight years old? At eight how years do you old. know how to make out at eight we years would. old? We would. We would just make out. We'd kiss all the time. Just rub your faces Hold together. Hands, mouth like, is open. Not know what the hell y'all doing. I, <laughs> I, was, I was completely smitten with her. And uh, you know, I was in love over whatever an eight-year-old can feel of love. Sure. You know, And then she broke up with me. And then every girl I asked out for like years rejected me. Because <laughs> you kept comparing them to her? I don't know. I don't know what it was after that. It's just like every girl I was ever interested in was not interested in me. Wow. Yeah. So my eight-year-old romance is fine, right? Mm Mm-hmm. That sounded fucking weird. (laughs) My romance when I was eight years old for Princess Jasmine. So. (laughs) I mean, yeah, when I was a young kid. Yep. George is always creepier. I forgot. It's good that you're here to make me look normal. Oh wow. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we moved away and that ended that. So yeah. All right. All right. She had a younger sister with a pet skunk. A pet skunk? It had been descented. Okay. We lived in South Carolina, so it was normal, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> there was a lot of that you place that was weird. It's, yeah, it was normal, I guess. There's a lot about that. I think Andy like qualifies a lot of his life that way. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. For the first four years I was in school... I was technically in a special ed program because that was how they labeled gifted and talented. Uh-huh. Because South Carolina. He's too smart for his own good. Put him in this special ed class. <laughs> so we'd be fucking learning calligraphy and next door they're like learning how to wipe themselves. <laughs> wow. Yeah. All right. That does it for Mind Melters. Let's move on. Uh, it's time for casseroles. How many casseroles? We got on this ship anyhow. Yo! I knew it. I'm surrounded by casseroles. What do you got for me, Andy? So, as we all know, I was sick, and I have narrowed down what led me to be sick, because I don't know if any of y'all know, but the stomach flu is also called gastroenteritis. The way that you get gastroenteritis is you get poop in your mouth. Gross. Yeah. So it's poorly washed hands, poorly washed surfaces, stuff like that. Well, thankfully... told you to stop putting poop in your mouth. You don't run my life, George. Apparently not. Trust him, he's a doctor. (laughs) I bake it so it's safe. Oh. You gotta bake those loaves. (laughs) Well, uh, me and Chelsea have been able to narrow down what led to my illness because it had to be something that she didn't eat. Because she was fine, and it was a time period where we spent most of our meals together. Uh... The only place that she didn't eat something that I ate was an Indian restaurant in Sugarland. So there is an Indian restaurant in Sugarland that is surprisingly good, but clearly has poop in their food. <laughs> That's my casserole. That's all Indian restaurants. This is inaccurate. Most Indian is delicious. Oh this Indian God. was delicious, but it had poop in it. You sure you just didn't wash your hands? Yeah, yeah, I wash my hands like two to three times an hour. Okay. 
We got a baby. There's a lot of hand washing around Oh, I'm about to say, like, how do you know you didn't get sick from your kid? Because I don't eat her poop, George. You sure? Yeah. (laughs) I don't change those diapers. (laughs) I made the kid. She gets to change her. Wow. That's That's a discussion for another time. Staunch feminism. Staunch feminism. Wouldn't be an episode without one. What is love, right? Exactly. Staunch (laughs) feminism is love. What about you, George? Uh, There's been a lot of office politics at work lately. And some things don't happen because of office politics. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've been trying to get a new employee uh, to help relieve some of the workload that we have. And I'm swamped at work and I'm having to work late and not be at home and do stuff for the wedding that's coming up. And all this is kind of a cascading effect of, to me just being tired when I get home. Yeah. And uh, just, you know, work politics has made it very difficult for us to get a new hire. And that's my casserole for this week. So there you go. I know that feeling well, George. No frills, but uh, I totally understand. Yes. Uh, Well, my casserole is the fucking rodeo. Again! Again! I hate the damn rodeo. I did. did. I did a year ago. (laughs) What's wrong with the rodeo? And maybe a year before that. I'm I'm pretty pretty sure I say it every year when the fucking rodeo comes The trail riders, right? It's it's whatever they do that makes it take me three hours and forty five minutes to get home from work every night. Yep. Uh, it is unbelievably bad the effect that it has on traffic, and you compound it with the rain and the cold and whatever we've been having here the last couple of weeks. It's it's literally been taking me two to three hours on a good night to get home. Wow. From work, there was one night where it was almost four hours. Jeez. What time and do you leave work? Five thirty. Uh-huh. I'm getting home close to nine. Like, it's just completely uncalled for. Really it's ridiculous. Early. I can't. should stop working <laughs> off 290. They should stop having the fucking rodeo where they have it. I mean, it's always been there. Yeah, move it. <laughs> <laughs> Justin, we're saying it was here first. No, I've lived in Houston longer than the fucking rodeo. Have you? I don't think that's true. I don't think that's true either. Rodeo's pretty old. Rodeo's older than you. Mm. Well, like a hundred years or some shit. I'll fight the rodeo. <laughs> I'm taking it to the court. The rodeo's <laughs> got bulls. You're going to lose. You can't fight a bull. They had Imagine Dragons. Nickelback? Yeah. The new Nickelback. Garth Brooks? Wait, who? no. Brooks and Dunn. Brooks and Dunn. That's what I mean. That's right. I don't know who that is. Chelsea Country. went to go see them. Country stars. <sighs> I just hate it. I hate it so much. There's nothing there that's appealing to me. The carnival? No, I don't. You don't like fried carnival? food? You don't no. like fried food. I don't like. It's not worth my time to drive through the traffic to get there and then fucking wait in line and then pay a bunch of extra money just to eat some fried food when I could drive three minutes to McDonald's and get some french fries if I wanted to. How are you going to get... They don't have fried Twinkies at McDonald's. A funnel cake. There are plenty of places... Fried Snickers. There are plenty of places that sell funnel cake. I can go to IHOP right now and get a funnel cake if I want to. Fried Coke. Dude, I could buy a fryer for cheap. Fried mac and cheese. And make my own stuff at home. It's not that hard. Why haven't you? Because I don't want to die. But I'm (laughs) hungry. Is the lies of true answer. <laughs> yeah, let's fry some more bacon, dear. I don't know. I I can't see around you anymore. <laughs> so you hate the rodeo. I hate the fucking rodeo. And I am shocked. It's an institution that needs to end. It's a casserole. It's a mega casserole because it adds to your drive time to home. You know the funny part about and to this, work. It's like two hours to get to work and three hours to get home. I spend five to six hours. Where do you work? You work off of the two ninety though. Yeah, and rodeo is like. In downtown, like uh, everybody's heading that. Everybody's heading that direction. 
both ways when I'm trying to leave and when I'm trying to come. There's accidents and then everybody rubbernecks. It doesn't matter what happens. There's always something causing congestion. I mean, could partly the problem just be that Houston just has a shitty Houston absolutely system. has a shitty road system. But when you compound it by bringing in a bunch of celebrities and like all these people from the surrounding Houston areas that are coming in to eat their fucking barbecue. And deep fried coke. And buy cows or whatever the fuck right, goes Twinkies. on at the rodeo. That's accurate. Know? They do buy cows there. Yeah. Steers. I bought several. I hate it. I hate it so much. All right. It's it's funny because we were driving on 610 the day that the uh, trail riders were going through. Yeah. I went, oh, man, I'm going to hear about this from Justin. <laughs> I drive on 610 every day. I haven't noticed any difference than normal. No, it fucking sucks. Yeah, it sucks all the time, though. It's not any different Yes, now, but I've but come to a level of acceptance with the traditional amount of suckage that it provides. <laughs> and when it doubles, I can't handle it. <laughs> you know, you might have an argument, though. It could just be that it sucks and Justin's got something to blame it on right now. <laughs> there you go. It's worse than usual right now. Yeah, There's I no know. denying that. I know. Maybe I just leave work later than you do, and that's why I don't. It could be. Yeah. Timing work at six. Timing matters. Like if I leave at seven o'clock on on a normal week when rodeo is not going on, if I leave my house at seven o'clock, I'll get to work at nine. If I leave my house at eight thirty, I'll get to work by nine fifteen. Like it's mind boggling the way Houston traffic works. Yep. It's true. Too many people is the problem. I am surprised that it doesn't fuck him more, considering that rodeo is like around the corner from Methodist. I haven't noticed any difference, but who knows? Well, you're probably driving all slow, trying not to get another accident. That's, That's not true. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I drive from I-10 to 610 to 59 to the medical center. That should that should butt fuck them pretty nicely. Yeah. It's just got to be timing. That's what it is. I, I mean, I do leave the house at 640. So. Oh, that's what it is. You're going early. Yeah. I'm going at like 8 or 9 when yeah. all the traffic's going well, that way. You. Casserole. Traffic updates. Let's move on. <laughs> it is time for consumption. Consumption. What have you been consuming, Andy? I started reading the Horus Heresy th- series, the Warhammer 40K. The it's like, yeah, it's books novels based on, based on it. the game. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know they made books based uh, on like novels. This particular series has like 50 or something in it. Any good? It's hit or miss because some of them are different authors. Uh, I actually read up to, I want to say, book 15 when book 15 was current. So this was like 10 years ago. Mm. Um, Some of them were really, really good. Some of them were kind of shit. Some of them didn't agree with, like, the actual lore and shit in the game. But for the most part, yeah, they're pretty good. They make a lot of money off them. Just war stories? Uh, It follows characters around... Uh, some of the characters are like part of the history of the game. Some of them are made up for the books, but it's it's interesting. It's deeply complex, and I end up searching through Wikipedia shit for it for a while. But and then that's like a whole fucking. So are you a hole. Warhammer player as well? I don't have millions of dollars. No. <laughs> so what 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 was the the drive to read this? What was uh, the attention, I guess, I guess oh, where I can get that? It's oddly popular in the army. Warhammer. Wargaming. Oh. Like, with minis and shit. Uh-huh. Um, so you end up with a lot of guys that'll talk about it, and then I was in basic training when the uh, novel series first started. Uh-huh. And as far as those guys, it was, it was huge when it started. And I mean, of course, it's still fucking huge because there's 50 or 60 books. 
but there's one guy I was talking about. I was like, I don't have millions of dollars, so I'm just going to fucking read the books. And he was like, have it your way. You make as much as I do. This is why you were bumming money from me the other day, motherfucker. These are the people who are like painting figurines and stuff, right? The game, yeah. The yeah. game is you buy the lead figures, and they're like $8 each, and you paint them. Right. Yeah. You know, and you have to buy like 100 of them to even like play a normal game. And you have to I like, like buy specific paints and mm-hmm. paint gun and all that jazz. And they're not, they're not eight bucks. <laughs> they're like two to three times that, depending on what it is. Yeah. Wow. I, the I low end ones a, are like eight bucks. There was a game store out in the mall in Kitty Mills, and they had this huge standee cutout. Of Warhammer and I'm like this dude in this giant mech suit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I always thought it looked cool, but I was like, I'm never gonna play that. No, it's way too much of a, a barrier to entry. Yeah, like if you're gonna play it, you have to 100% commit to playing it because you have to invest a lot of money to even try. I mean, they have some minis that are like as tall as this, as this table and cost several thousand dollars. A, a stand, like one figurine, a mini. What's a mini? Like a a figurine. Uh huh. But it's a miniature, like it's scaled down. Uh huh. And it's as fucking tall as a table. Wow. Because that's the scale of it. That's crazy. Yeah. And it costs thousands of dollars. And I don't understand how they make money. Of course, rich, the... rich nerds. Rich nerds. Yeah. Rich nerds, yeah. Yeah. The books I mean, are really good. with like Magic the Gathering. You gotta have money to play those. Keep buying decks and stuff. Not on the same not scale. Not on the same scale at all. Oh, it's not? A packet of Magic's four bucks. Yeah, but it's not like a special pack, right? You don't really need special packs. You like... You, we could draft. We could sit down and like draft with our friends for twelve bucks for one draft, right? Mm. You win, you get some rares, you sell your stuff, you make your money back, you play again. Like you can play infinitely for like, you know, maybe a dollar deficit a day playing Magic. Huh. Like it's very easy to play Magic perpetually without spending any money. Yeah, or negligible amounts of money. And you were into that as well. I uh, that's. Yeah. I don't see any novels written about Magic. There's tons. Yeah, there's tons. Hundreds. And I read a bunch of them. Yeah? Yeah, when I was young. There you go, nerd. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, George? What have you been consuming? Uh, I recently watched a uh, independent film that was shot in Dallas, Texas, called uh, Standoff at Sparrow Creek. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is about like this uh, small militia group who finds out one of their guns is missing, and uh, they think that the police is coming to... Uh, like. You know, hit, shut them down for good, and pull them, because there's a shooting that recently happened with that particular gun, and they all lock each other in this room and Reservoir Dog style try to figure out who took the gun. Right. Uh, it is a slow burn, masterful indie flick that I have I have I have seen in a long time, and it's very cool that it was shot and directed in Texas by a Texas filmmaker. I don't remember the kid's name right now, but it's really good. Henry Dunham. There you go. IMDb. Uh, it's a very good film. I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. It is a slow burn, so you kind of have to like stick with it for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And also, since I didn't know much about the militia-type lifestyle, it, it took me a minute to catch up to what was the gravity of everything. But once it once it, it gets there, it really nails it home. And it's a pretty good twist ending, too. Cool. Uh, oh, and I also watched uh, the new HBO documentary, Leaving Neverland. Which is uh the Michael about, Jackson? Yeah, the Michael Jackson stuff. Um, yeah, that was some rough stuff to watch. Yeah, I felt bad for those kids. I mean, I know it's all allegations and it can't be proved. I mean, even if it is proven, like Michael Jackson's dead and gone, but the damage that he made in his wake, it's still there. If you're slightly interested, 
I recommend watching. It's very well made. It's very compelling stuff. These guys' stories is harrowing. Yeah. Um, just to imagine that this thirty-something-year-old pop star is, you know, sexually abusing these seven-year-old kids. It's terrible. Yeah. And I uh, don't mean to bring the mood down by any means, but, you know, if you have any uh, affinity for Michael Jackson, maybe don't watch this documentary because it will totally destroy it for you. Well, I'm depressed now, so thank well, you. You're welcome. What is love? Hee <laughs> 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 oh, That's a terrible joke. <laughs> Such a bad joke. Yeah. Uh, but it's a great documentary. Uh, unfortunately, the Michael Jackson estate uh, and family are suing HBO for releasing the documentary, which is not fair in my opinion. Uh, they're not saying this is fact or anything. They're just saying these are these guys' facts and what right. they want to tr- uh, show. It's their, you know, it's a version of the story, I guess. Did you watch the Fire Festival doc? I did. Which one? Uh, the one on Netflix. I haven't watched the one on Hulu yet. I watched both. Yeah. Did you watch Abducted in Plain Sight? No. Oh my god. No, is that on uh, Amazon? What is that? It's on uh, it's on Netflix. Okay. Okay, so we we watched um, the Fire Festival document, and people that don't know what that is, um, this guy, this like New York investor type guy, he, he investor created he's created a bunch of um, different small businesses, companies, and small businesses, and gotten a lot of investors. Venture capitalist. None of them. He's he's not himself, but he knows venture capitalists. They give him money to create things. And the things he's created have all sort of failed. None of them have been really successful. Except for like a credit Except card. Except for thing. like a, a credit. It was like a debit card that tied to your bank account. But whenever you use it, you get points for like specialty things. Sure. Um, so he decided to create this music festival and he partnered with Ja Rule. And he scheduled, you know, all these major acts to come. And he was like, we're going to do this in like four months. And there was never enough time for them to put this thing together. But they, they spent all this money that they got from these investors on getting these internet celebrities to help promote it. Right. So they put all the money into into influencers to promote this thing. Got all these people buying like two hundred thousand dollar villas and tickets and like they made millions and millions of dollars, but like their expenses were so much in trying to set this thing up that like as soon as the money came in it had to go right back out. Uh just to try to keep them afloat to try to make it to the day of the thing. Sure. When the festival actually is supposed to happen, all these people came in and like they had some tents set up and like a small they were stage like dome, like Arctic tents. Yeah. They were, they were like FEMA tents. Yeah. With no, no supplies. There was a big, huge thing of bottled water that showed up sandwich. late and they had like cheese sandwiches for people. And that was it. People were furious, but like you watch the Netflix one and it just kind of focuses on the main story, all that stuff. The Hulu one, they actually got to interview a lot of the people that were involved. They interviewed the main guy. Um, they interviewed his, uh, like import export guy, the guy that was responsible for trying to get the Bahamas to allow them to bring in uh-huh. alcohol and water and food and all that kind of stuff. One of the most fucked up things in the entire documentary is the, the import export guy. Cause he's older. He's like in his fifties or something Yeah, and he's gay. Yeah. Uh, Oh, he was also on the Netflix documentary. Right. But they, in, in the Hulu one, they actually talked about the things he might've had to do because customs agents weren't going to allow their alcohol to be delivered. Is this the one where he says you have to suck my dick? And right. Like, he the, says that in the Netflix one too. Okay. But he goes in a lot more detail in the Hulu one. Okay. He's like, they wanted me to come down there and suck the guy's dick. And he, his boss was like, you have to take one for the team. Cause you're the only gay guy we know. <laughs> and he's like, Oh, I guess I got to do it. Yeah. And you're just sitting there like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. what is this? That was terrible. They found some other way around it though. And you think that's the craziest thing you're going to see. No, it's way crazier shit. But 
Then I watched Abducted in Plain Sight, which you have not seen yet. No. Unbelievable. There's this guy who is obsessed with this like 13-year-old girl, and his plan is to take her away from her family. So you're watching this, and I'm going to summarize the best I can. He convinces the father of her to have a secret gay affair with him, convinces the mother to leave her husband to go and be with him, convinces them both that he's going to take the daughter on vacation and then just disappears. She comes back eventually. And then he convinces the mother to let him take the daughter again and just like absconds with their daughter and marries her in Mexico. What the, fuck? the 13 year old. And the whole time they're interviewing the family and these people are just completely fucking oblivious. Like they're like, I had no idea that, that he was sleeping with my wife and my daughter. <laughs> wow. It's mind boggling to see how this guy manipulated this family. Um, you got to watch this documentary. It's, it's, it's abducted in plain abducted sight. In plain sight. It I'll is it up. crazy. Oh, uh, another documentary since we're on the subject, uh, that I think Andy will love to hate this. It's called, uh, behind the curve. Uh, it's like the story of flat earthers. What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> we don't need more TV shows about morons. We've already got keeping up the Kardashians. <laughs> Uh, so basically, it's uh, about this guy named uh, Tom Sergeant or Sergeant. Mm-hmm. I don't remember his full name. I, That's I know a his, stupid name. I think his last name is Sergeant or Surgeon or something like that. Uh, anyway, it's about his connection to um, Flat Earth, how he came to about it, and why it's in the popularity it is. Now, it's a good documentary. I don't think it's the greatest documentary, but what makes it interesting is that they bring up uh, scientists bring up a really good point that these are not dumb people mm-hmm. like they're just miseducated people. <laughs> okay. No, it's it's really what it is. It's like they they're not stupid people. They <clears throat> and and it's unfair that the minute someone says that they're a flat earther, we just just call them like you're, well it, you're just stupid and is you it discredit though? them. Is it well, though? I mean they're just not they're not. Cr- stupid they're just mis- aren't they though they're just misunderstood <laughs> aren't they, are they though no that's not what that word means. why are you trying to defend flat earthers george not, no, no no i'm not defending them i think i think it's a george is a flat earther really though you're gonna make that conclusion you're awfully defensive no i just said the documentary made some really good points about the flat earther documentary made some good points <laughs> it's not about if the earth is flat that's not what the documentary is about it's about the flat earther culture i guess mm-hmm. ignorance yeah it's really no no you're not wrong <laughs> they're very like it's uh in the documentary they like do couple of uh tests to prove if the earth has curvature or not and every time they did the test they were wrong they failed and it's like all oh, the tests failed and like the evidence is right there in their fucking faces that yes the earth does have curvature but they just refuse to see it because because they're, they're stupid. No, they're not stupid. <laughs> they they so hard believe in one thing, and they're the outcasts of like this science uh, of the scientist thing. That scientists discredit them immediately instead of just explaining to them why they're incorrect. But there's thousands of internet articles and scientific journals and. Etc. Sure. That proves that the Earth is round. Right, but no and you can only claim ignorance to a certain extent. Like you're taught I'm in third, that, you're taught in third grade that the Earth is round. So right. like, why but are you conspiracy theorists don't believe that? If, if you're just like, well, I don't believe that. That's stupid. 
I don't think it's fair to do it like It that. is. It's completely stupid. It's completely stupid to deny something that's known to be true and you, scientifically proven to be they true. They just want it to they just want more proof. They just don't understand. And it's How just, is <laughs> incontrovertible proof not enough? We've got pictures from space. Well, they don't think the pictures are real. So you got to prove to them why those pictures. I are mean, real. to be fair, the first astronauts did not go to space. Fuck oh those my, guys. Oh my god. But <laughs> he's part of the problem. You realize this, right? We've got satellites, and those are really orbiting, and they've taken plenty of pictures of Earth. They believe. They believe that every other planet is round. No, they don't. Yes, they do. Uh, At least not. They didn't say that in this documentary, at least. No, it's been called out to them. Like, they talked about Mars. Elon Musk was, like, having a conversation on Twitter with one and was like... Why does Mars appear to be round while the Earth is flat? Maybe we just need to do. I'm a astonished that you're like playing devil's advocate for flat Earthers. Like, I don't believe the Earth is flat by any means. It's just, any I'm means astonished of... you're even like playing devil's advocate for I these just, people. I just like I kind of felt for them because uh, the uh, <laughs> this uh, NASA scientist guy brought up some really good points about how we are a little too harsh and unfair to not talk to these people like they're real people. They we treat them like social outcasts because but because they should be. <laughs> but you have we to understand should, if there's more if there's hundreds of people out there saying the earth is flat, I'm sure there have been plenty of scientists who have been like, here's the proof that it's not. Let's get and the they, I'm sure that plenty of people yeah. have taken the time to explain it to them to let it disseminate among their people. All these questions, right? And then like they just don't get talked to or listened to because like well they the information's out there. All they have to do is get on the computer. They don't want that though. Oh is- God, I have a plan. Let's rent a convention hall and s- put up that there's a convention for anti-vaxxers, there and then also that. put up that there's a convention for flat earthers and bring them all together. And then burn it to the ground. <laughs> wow. <laughs> anyway, it, the documentary is on Netflix. It's called Behind the Curve. It's a decent uh, documentary. Like, I don't think that the Earth is flat. I mean, it me. sounds like a comedy. Like, I'm pretty no, sure I would there, laugh the whole way there's through. There's a lot of stuff in there to watch to laugh your ass at. Because uh, what makes it even worse, they even go to Houston, Texas, and they go to the NASA <laughs> conventions, uh, the NASA Space Johnson Center. And they just Space Johnsons, whatever Johnson Space Center, Johnson man. Space Center, whatever. I haven't been there since I was a kid. Anyway, um, they they just act like a fool to themselves. And like the middle section of the documentary is about uh, that sergeant guy, kind of like professing his love for like this uh, other flat earther that's here in Houston. She mm-hmm. does like a web show with him together, and he doesn't ever have the guts to admit that he's in love with her or whatever. It's kind of cutesy, I guess. Uh, but anyway, I think it's a good documentary. It's funny to see these people try to like grapple with the fact that they, they think the Earth is flat and they're reasoning for it. There's some people that are just flat out you think is insane. But the problem is that we are too quick to call them crazy. They just misunderstood and uneducated about it. Willful ignorance isn't yeah. something we should celebrate. I agree with that. Okay. I mean, you're not wrong. Ignorance is... I'm never wrong. Yes, you are. You're wrong (laughs) 90% of the time. I don't agree with that. (laughs) He's also wrong 90% of the time. I don't agree with that. High five. We're correct. (laughs) I got your back. Yes. Anyway. Space five. It's an interesting documentary. It's pretty short. If you want to watch it, get some laughs if Flat Earth is trying to explain their shit. 
it's pretty funny. Um, but it's also there's a good. So what I took away from it is that we shouldn't be labeling them as crazies and social outcasts. We should be more inclusive, inviting them in and explaining to them how can we figure this out together to prove the truth, as but, opposed to finding. I'm right. You're wrong. I, I don't wrong, understand right. how. Like, I just don't understand how. Like taking a compassionate stance and being like, "Oh, let's bring these guys in and try to show them." Like, how is that even a thing? Because there's incontrovertible proof everywhere. Yes, I agree that with it you. exists. Yeah, hundred percent. That is totally like, accessible if for them. If you go on an airplane, you see the curvature of the of the. And earth. I'm sure the documentarians are like, "Here's the proof." Yes. So, like, how are we supposed to be more inviting than the documentarians who are like, "Here's the proof." I don't get it. It doesn't make any sense. If you watch it, it makes more sense. I'm not probably not doing justice in explaining it, but I'm just explaining what I took away from the documentary. All right. Well, maybe I'll watch it there just for go. some LOLs. <laughs> from LOLs. <laughs> That's the only thing they're good Andy's for. Andy's going to watch it and just hate himself and hate everybody in it. Yeah. Why would I hate myself over that? For watching it? No. I get angry all the time for shit I watch. Oh, I should hate myself for that. <laughs> I don't, though. There you go. All right, let's move on to hot fudge. What do you got for us, George? You want the hot fudge? All right, so your subject is about love. So I found 20 interesting facts about love, according to... The internet. The internet. It's not just for porn. There you go. Uh, Interesting fact number one. Monogamous relationships exist throughout the whole animal kingdom. Oh, they got swans. Swans Fuck it. Swans and birds and stuff. Otters. Love birds, yes. Uh, it only takes up to four minutes to decide whether you like someone or not. That kind of falls in with your theory of love at first sight. Kind of. I mean, I think there's hate at first sight, too, though. I mean, oh, I've, wow. put, I, I've met plenty of people that I have immediately been turned off by the instant I met them, and I want nothing to do with them. Yeah. Uh, when two lovers gaze at each other's eyes, the heart rates begin to synchronize. That's no, cute. That might explain my wife's heart problem. <laughs> Falling in love has the same neurological effects as of those of cocaine. So, you know, falling in love is like being on cocaine. It's going to eventually kill you. It's weird because I never have any energy anywhere. <laughs> uh, cuddling can release natural painkillers. Endorphins. Mm. So uh, can orgasms. Even looking at a picture of a loved one can release... Uh, release Serotonin. Yeah. Uh, people at the same level of attractiveness are more likely to end up together versus not. Not me. I went way above my range. So did I. <laughs> y- y- y'all fucked yes. upwards? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah, we fucked upwards. Well, no offense, George, but so did you. <laughs> That's true. That's very true. Uh, so uh, another one. Couples who are too similar to each other are not likely to last. As the saying goes, opposites attract, so on and so forth. Uh, the... There's always exceptions to the rules. There are. Yeah. yeah. Sure. <laughs> Uh, romantic love eventually ends to only be followed by committed love. Andy's always been in committed love, according to him. We were a one-night stand. People who are in love have chemical similarities with people with OCD. Well, yeah, because you get obsessed with your partner. Uh, thinking of love and sex influences creativity and concrete thinking, respectively. So sex makes us think harder? Yeah. <laughs> thinking of love... But I'm... T- Thinking of love and sex increases in cre- uh, creativity and concrete in concrete thinking, respectively. Respectively. Yeah. So sex makes you think of creativity. No, yeah. no, concrete thinking. Uh, an attractive face is preferred over an attractive body for long-term relationships. I will agree with I that. I 100 percent agree with that. Holding a loved one's hand relieves pain and stress. Unless they're squeezing you really tight. Yep. 
Uh, expressing gratitude towards people you love causes an immediate spike in your happiness. That's a lie. I never want to show my thanks. That gives them power the over me. Butterflies are real. They're actually caused by adrenaline. That's because I keep eating butterflies when I'm excited. <laughs> He's got them like on a popcorn bucket, just shoveling them in. <laughs> Dilated people show your attraction to someone and makes you more attracted to them. I told Chelsea that once because I was like, man, your pupils are huge. And she was like, I had head trauma when I was younger. Wow. <laughs> you know what, Andy? She sounds perfect for you. She didn't have head trauma. She was fucking with me. She is Looking perfect. Looking at each other's eyes can, make e- can even make strangers fall in love. George. You're gay now. Yes. And, um, and the answer number 20, love is all that really matters. Aw. What yeah. about money? No, and power. Love, love is what power. matters. Not yeah. even overpower. Love money is power, more. and power is money. That's the power of love. No, Back, back to the Future reference. Yeah. Haven't seen it. <laughs> we know. I've <laughs> <laughs> seen the third one though. Yeah, the worst one. Yeah. We need. To, we really need to get him to watch Back to the Future one <laughs> and two. Oh man. All right, let's move on. It's time for Ask the Nuts. It is time to ask the nuts. It's a bit nutty. Uh, question number one, Andy. Do you celebrate Valentine's Day or do you think it's a sham? Uh, We don't celebrate Valentine's Day, but we do set aside one day to celebrate our love. And since we don't have an anniversary, we use we're actually using Thursday. Every Thursday? No, no, no. Like this Thursday. Why don't you have an anniversary? Uh, We got we couldn't decide if we should go with the day that we got together the first time the day that we officially started dating the day we got married or the day we got our marriage backdated to whatever it says on your marriage certificate it says two different dates your marriage certificate says two dates on it the paperwork for it yeah why because we backdated our marriage what does that mean it means that we got married in january but we legally recognized ourselves as getting married the july prior why'd you do that uh, because we had to be married to be living together, but that's also for, insane. Like, religious reasons? Uh, no, for like the, the kids' uh, custody agreement. Uh, yeah. All right. So we back to do that shit. I can see why that would be confusing. Yeah. So instead so of doing pick a date. Well, instead of doing any of those dates and also Valentine's Day, we just do one day uh, around tax and bonus season. In this case, it's going to be Thursday, and we're going to some South African restaurant named Peli Peli. Oh, I heard that place is nice. Yeah, it better fucking be. You just be. call it Love Day? I call it Hump Day. She <laughs> doesn't appreciate it. Is it on a Wednesday? Is no, it, uh, no, 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 no. How do you feel about Valentine's Day, George? Uh, Hey, you know, Valentine's Day is not for me, but... No, it's not. It's for Catherine. Yeah, but for Catherine, she really enjoys it, so I usually try to make the most of it every year. Uh, well, for me, I'll never shirk at an opportunity to show the person I'm with how much I love them, and I do love Erica. So Valentine's Day, of course, I try to make her feel special, but like, I take opportunities that are not just Valentine's Day to do nice sure, things for her too. So yeah. I definitely think it's like a greeting card holiday, and I kind of hate doing the whole flowers and chocolates thing. So I do more original things. Like this year, I went to Build a Bear, and I got her like a stuffed Bowser from Mario because she's a huge Mario fan. And uh, she thought that was cool. And I also got her like a wine stopper. She likes wine and shit. So just little stuff. Cool. Yeah. So you answered, but flowers and chocolates? Because uh, I don't do it because I don't like that I'm going to buy something that's going to die. 
not chocolates, but she likes flowers, so I usually buy flowers. All, all girls like flowers. It's just how it is. Like, it's still a waste of money. It, it is a waste of money, but it makes them happy, and like that's worth whatever 20 bucks is going to cost you. Um, Man. I don't like to do it for Valentine's flowers. Day because... Well, okay, so Valentine's Day... A bouquet of roses that would cost you twenty bucks on a random Tuesday in March—it's like fifty bucks—are like seventy-five dollars at the grocery store. Yeah. yeah. So buying flowers on Valentine's Day is just a waste. It's absolutely stupid. That's why um, I buy it the day before. I buy yeah. rose bushes. But if you if you buy if you buy them flowers like on a random day to show them you care, sure. That means so much more, anyways, right? Exactly. So that's yep. the way I look at it. We bought rose bushes. Well, I bought her rose bushes two years ago, mm-hmm. a year ago. That worked pretty well. Cool. They were about ten bucks a piece, so it's not bad. Yeah, got like four of them. Got right. a lot of fucking roses off them. <laughs> Me, I'm smart. Next question: Is love shown more through words or through actions? Depends on who you ask. My wife says through words. I say through actions, which is why she says, "Yeah, we can have sex later on tonight," and I don't feel good about it until we actually have sex. <laughs> <laughs> the ratio of her saying that to us having sex is not one to one. It's more like a hundred to one. <laughs> what about you, George? <laughs> um, I feel it's a, a mixture of both. Uh, you need to uh, say what you mean and do what you say kind of deal. I agree with that. I think you should say what you mean and do what I say. Hey, now. Eye contact again. I mean, I think you should do things that show the person you're with you love them, and I think you should also tell the person you're with you love them, because life is fleeting and short, and anything can happen between now and the next time you see them, so nothing wrong with making sure they know how you feel. Exactly. But shout it at them in German, because life is also confusing and terrifying. I'm sure it is with you, Andy. (laughs) (laughs) Next question. Andy, what do you love most in the world? It's like... (laughs) <laughs> no. This is a trick question because, like, if you don't answer correctly, you're in trouble. No, no, I've got an answer, and I just realized that I need to be a lot more general with it. And my wife would not disagree with me because it's, oh no, the baby. I forgot I had a baby. That probably doesn't bode well for the accuracy <laughs> of my answer. The baby. I love the baby more than food, which was going to be my answer. What about you, George? What do you love most in the world? Oh, man. You love man. I love man. Man loves me. Flat earthers. Flat earthers. <laughs> Being They're super... just misunderstood, guys. <laughs> Give them a chance. Sorry for being compassionate and nice. Heaven forbid. <laughs> it's like you're, you're never going to live that one down, George. It's, it's right. like you brought a date home to dinner, but she's actually a hooker and we're not happy about it. <laughs> What a weird analogy. You guys didn't have that happen to you in your youth? No, that didn't happen to me ever. My bad. (laughs) Thought we were all adults Um, here. What I love most in life is my relationship with Catherine and Catherine herself. And uh, I love most about how she makes me feel about myself and the things I can do. It's very sweet. Did you record that? No, I, I was looking I at funny pictures while you got sappy. Uh, what I love most in life is Erica and my second chance in life and how great everything's going. Erica and Donovan are my family now and happier than I ever thought I would be. So, I mean, how do you expect us not to get sappy on a love episode? Because I expected y'all to be like talking about food like I almost was. <laughs> also pizza. Uh, yeah, yeah, we did talk about pizza. 
we have me and him have been married prior to this. <coughs> we know where we stand, and it's pizza. <laughs> <laughs> it was pizza up until I had a baby. That changes like things. Like it's a really close tie right there, huh? No, not even close. It changes things. Chelsea started making fun of me because I cry. Yeah. <laughs> you get all emotional and shit. Babies. Good to know you're kind of human, Andy. So has the dead baby jokes wane off now? I can still make them, but every once in a while I flash back to that episode where I was like just sidsum, or where I was talking about the soft spot being a reset button. I was like, oh, God. <laughs> uh, honestly, I've had a lot of anxiety about SIDS. So, wow. Yeah. Look at me. It's come a long way. He's growing as a person. <laughs> <laughs> we got to nip that shit in the bud. Next question. Andy, what is the best euphemism for making love? I still like bumping uglies, <laughs> but uh, I'm going to I'm going to point out here that making love is itself already a euphemism. Yeah, because it's a euphemism for fucking. So I'm going to go with we're asking for a euphemism for fucking and bumping uglies is the best one. Okay, George, I'm trying to think something clever now and I'm, I can't think of anything right now. Come back to me. Come, no, I can't come back to you. Uh, you ever heard the song Foxtrot Uniform Charlie Kilo? No. Oh, I'm gonna. I'll go ahead and pull up the lyrics to that, and that'll be my answer. Okay. So George is struggling to come up with one. Sure. I, I just randomly pulled up this website. This is a bit of hot fudge for you guys. A list of 400 euphemisms for sex. That's a lot. I'm not going to go through all of them. Uh, a bit of crumpet. A bit of the old in out, in out. Accommodation. This is all just fucking... An act of darkness. Wow. Afternoon delight. Oh, a, shit, I didn't think of that. The beast with two backs. Aggressive cuddling. Yeah, I Amorous used that one. Congress. Assault with a friendly weapon. <laughs> Attacking the pink fortress. Baking the potato. I've never heard of that one. Bam Bam and the Ham. It's <laughs> a good one, though. Bandicooting, Barney mugging, basket making, batter dipping the corn dog. Yeah. Okay. Bedroom rodeo. It's very timely. Bisecting the triangle. Yeah. Bodging, boffing, boinking, bone storming, boning, boom boom, bopping squiddles, bouncy bouncy, bow chicka wow wow. <laughs> brown chicka brown cow. Bringing an al dente noodle to the spaghetti house. Wow. <laughs> Buck wilding, bumping uglies, burying the weasel. There's a lot of these. I'm only I'm only through fifty. I'm in the sea still. <laughs> Vulcanize the whoopee stick in the ham wallet. Charvering, cave diving, christening the yak. Wow. I'm skipping some of these too because they're just bad. Wait, christening the yak or christening the yacht? The yak. Y a k. Yes. What the fuck? The clunge plunge. <laughs> <laughs> Completing the jigsaw puzzle, corking the onion, crashing the custard truck, dickening, All right. <laughs> dipping the wick, <laughs> disappointing the wife. <laughs> That's one of them. It's true, I guess, uh, at some point. It says docking, but we already discussed docking, and that's not right. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, doing the dirty deed, doing the dipsy doodle, doing the nasty, doing the wild thing. Wow, it has a song. Man, there's so many. You know, we keep going and we stop. Skip to the end. Skip to the end. Go to the Z's. How many can you think of with Z? Okay, there's no Z's. <laughs> uh, T's. We'll go to the T's. How about that? Tango. Taking grandma to Applebee's. Shut up. That's not real. <laughs> Taking grandma to Applebee's. What the, the fuck? Uh, 
taking the magic bus to Manchester, taming the strange, testing the humidity, threading the needle, talking, torpedoing the eel, tromboning, tube snake boogie, tumbular wedging, tunnel patrol, twirling the dum-dum, twirling the dum-dum, two-person push-ups, using a telescope to explore the black hole. Wow. Violating the prime directive. <laughs> Isn't that to do no harm? Yeah. Vulcanizing the whoopee stick. Waka waka. Waxing ass. Whitewashing the picket fence. Whittling the love branch. Wiggling the toothpick. Yinsing, yiffing, and zigzagging. Yiffing? <laughs> yeah. Nope. These are a million and one I, I wouldn't have heard of. There's some interesting ones in there. I take, think that answers take, our question. Taking the one, the grandma to Applebee's is a bit strange. <laughs> I'm going to use that from now on. <laughs> He's like, uh, come hey, on, baby, let's take grandma to Applebee's. Take grandma to Applebee's. Because <laughs> <laughs> nothing says sexy like that. <laughs> wow. All right, next question. Andy, how do you feel about polyamory? Uh, you think it's possible that somebody can love more than one person at the same time? The Mormons do it. Yeah, about that. Um, I don't think so. I don't believe it can happen. I believe that you can maintain relationships with multiple people and have it be a loving, committed relationship, but I don't believe that you can be in love with multiple people at the same time. Okay, why? If you're sharing yourself like that with more than one person, you're not holding yourself out like that. Like there, there are aspects of of your personality that you share with Erica that you don't share with anyone else, that you have shared in the past with other people. But, but I no longer love those people, and, <laughs> most assuredly. <laughs> yeah, and you don't share that aspect of yourself with them anymore. Right. Uh, and if you started sharing that aspect of yourself with someone else, you probably wouldn't be sharing it with Erica anymore. Yeah, I, I could see that. That that's a logical. It's not point. about. What can you feel it? It's about can you do it, and I don't think that you can. I think you can. Yeah. What about the people who compartmentalize everything? And then Are you're holding really out. Of love in the first place. Yeah. yeah, that's a good point. I don't know. That's. Yeah. I think it's very possible to have like Andy was saying, like multiple relationships. You know, because people do it. Yeah. You know, Mormons do it. They well, can be fulfilling. Yeah, I mean, you could be happy. Because you're getting, you know, a little column A and a little column B from the two people you're with or whatever. You know, one of them you know, takes care of you and the other one's your intimate partner. You know, whatever it is. I think that's a, a thing. But I'm not sure you can be in love with multiple people. Like, you can love multiple people. Like, I I love you guys. I love my friends. I love my family. I love, you know, Erica. You better not be in love with us. But I'm not in love with you. <laughs> he has been looking into my eyes for a while. So. These people are all dilated and he's throwing me off. That's from head trauma. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. I, I think that's, I think we're all right. Not only that, I just think it would be, eventually, it would just be too tiring. Well, yeah. I don't know. I mean, how many women can you really disappoint? <laughs> I don't know, Andy. You're the expert. <laughs> I left their lives, so they can't be that disappointed. Fair enough. Next question. Have you ever met a pansexual? How do you fuck a pan? Do you stick the handle up your butt? No, no. Okay. Have you ever met a pansexual, or do you think they even really exist? Yeah, pansexuals, they not attracted to anything? No, no. A pansexual is somebody who's attracted to anything. Inanimate objects, people... Be, Living creatures. Uh, Asexuals are attracted to nothing. Pansexuals are just teenage boys. 
There you go. I'm not sure that's true, though. But do you think there's a real such thing as, like, somebody that's attracted to that poster or somebody that's attracted to the water in the pool? Like, the people who get married to, like, their car and shit? You think there are really people like that? I think it is probably one in a billion. I mean, we're... When we're talking pansexuals, we're talking about people who are attracted to anything. Mm-hmm. Which probably, unless I'm really misunderstanding pansexuals, and I have not looked this up ever, it sounds like it may be an uncontrollable attraction. If you're attracted to the fucking wall, you probably don't have a choice. You're attracted to a fucking wall. Options are low, I guess. Options are too fucking high. <laughs> I mean, if you're a pansexual, you literally anything goes. Wow. Uh, I've never met one, and I obviously don't know very much about them. So. I've never met anybody that claims to be. So. I don't think you can be without some damage. Yeah. Okay. Next question. How old were you when you first got a broken heart? Eight. What about you, George? Thirteen. Yeah, I was eight also. Yeah. <laughs> we already talked about that, yeah. I guess. Uh, how do you cope with a broken heart, Andy? Drinking and sex with strangers. But you knew that! I did. (laughs) George. I don't know. uh, Last time it happened, I just kind of just shut myself off from everybody for a while. Emo music. Cried while he masturbated. Uh, There wasn't a lot of crying. He's not denying it. Um, yeah, the last time it happened, I, I, I uh, you know, kind of just shut myself off from everybody for a little bit and just kind of reassessed about where I was in my life and what I wanted to go, and, and that was it, really. But maybe a younger version of me was probably crying, drinking, and fucking strangers. It's been a while. I never had the crying, drinking, and fucking strangers phase. Uh, you ain't so missing much. Whenever it happened to me, I would just listen to music and... Kind of iso- no, I mean, like, my normal metal music. Cried while he masturbated. I would isolate myself, um, read a lot, draw a lot, find artistic endeavors to, like, throw myself into. Sure. That's typically what I would do. Music always helps. Emo music. All right, next question. Andy, what's your favorite love song? Love stinks. <sighs> Ain't no sunshine? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ain't no sunshine? That's a love song? Yeah. Ain't no, no sunshine, sunshine when she's, she's gone. gone. It's a very depressing song no it's not it's about missing the one you love yeah as opposed to like it's a wonderful world which is about a man describing the world to his blind demented and dying wife is that what it's about no (laughs) (laughs) what about you george what's your favorite love song oh it's called higher is the name of the song love roller coaster uh, that's a good song too it's the song at the end of the statue of liberty's walking around yeah yeah i love that song that's a great song And then, uh, you know. I mean, it's for me, it's Power of Love. That's a good song, <laughs> so, too. But it's not really a love song. Sure it is. It's Tanak Tanak Tun. <laughs> no, it's not. Uh, what's da, da, da. It's the, uh, come on, the Al Green song, Let's Stay Together. That's a good song. Uh, what is your least favorite love song? What is Love? No, even that had its moment. <laughs> uh, Umbop? I feel not, like that's, that's not a love song. We're not, we're not counting that? No. Tub Thumper? Probably also not a no, love song. No, that's not a love song. Um, going the distance. Anything by Celine Dion. <laughs> going the distance. My heart by will Kink. go on. Oh, that one's pretty bad. Going the distance is great. What are you talking about? I don't know. I'm just thinking of. Is that really a love song though? I have no idea. I mean that that's like Beaches of Cheyenne or something. 
don't know that song either. It's a song about a husband who died. Some Michael Bolton stuff. Pina Colada is a terrible love song. It is a terrible that love is. song. That is. What sort of horrible people stay together <laughs> after that? <laughs> And why is it so popular? Because, <laughs> I don't know, it's a catchy beat. I guess. Stay Together for the Kids? I don't know that song. This Blink-182 song, I'm just not sure it's a love song. Oh, fuck, they did have that one love song, and it's really bad. Uh, Fell in Love with the Girl at the Rock Show? That, that counts. That's an awful song. That's a Blink-182 yeah. song? Yeah. It was bad. All right, what about you? You've heard it. I, I, I said Pina Colada. Okay. Yeah, that's my uh, choice. I'm going to go with Achy Breaky Heart. Don't break my heart, my achy break. It was heart. don't tell my heart, sir. Oh, no, sorry. it was awful. That's what it was. <laughs> sorry, I know the song though. My sisters had, my sisters liked that song when I was in middle school, and they heard it on the radio all the time. One of our neighbors bought the CD, and my sisters didn't want the rest of the album. They just wanted that song, so they recorded both sides of a cassette tape, just <laughs> that song, from start to finish on both sides, and they brought it home and they played it nonstop. For weeks on end, I can't hear that song without getting irritated. Wow. <laughs> Next question, Andy, what's your favorite romantic comedy? Uh, two Weeks Notice. Which one is Sandra that one Bullock, Sandra Bullock, Hugh Grant. Sandra Bullock is a lawyer who's kind of an environmentalist. Hugh Grant is basically the Monopoly man. All right. Yeah. So they're at odds, but they work together for a bit. And then he realizes that she completes him while also philandering for a bit. I don't think I've and seen it. comes one. back to her. It's, it's pretty good. It's yeah. pre- I mean, as far as romantic comedies go, it's pretty good. It's kind of funny. What about you? Uh, this is probably going to be a tie. I don't know if the other one counts. Is it Ghost? <laughs> is that a romantic comedy? I don't know. I've never seen it. Ghost is great. It's not a romantic comedy. Um, All I've seen is the one with... Uh, it's a love story, though. I guess you can count Ghost. Yeah, but it's not a romantic comedy. The lead singer of Ghost behind her making yeah. the clay... I great. Like that. Ghost Dad. We yeah. talk about it all the time. <laughs> uh, no, it's probably a, a tie between uh, You Got Mail or uh, When Harry Met Sally. You Got Mail, I disagree with completely. Why? Like, you may enjoy it, but it's because Tom you Hanks were living you were living in that point. Just saying Tom Hanks is delightful in that fucking It would be like if we had a movie about a fucking rotary phone. So? It didn't age well. No one's going to know what the fuck they were talking about. What, email doesn't exist anymore? AOL basically doesn't. <laughs> Tell that to <laughs> I do use my AOL account. When you log in, does it go, you've got mail? Yeah, it does. Holy shit. <laughs> I'll show you after the show. That's depressing. <laughs> Most normal people will not get that anymore. He goes, you've got mail. <laughs> oh, wow. I didn't think that actually still happened. That's a thing. Uh, no, I just think the story is great. So I mean, good is your text tone. <laughs> I, I just think it's a good story. I, I enjoy it. And then, like I said, you know, Tom Hanks is fucking lovely. I don't know if there's a movie Tom Hanks is in I don't really enjoy. I'm sure we could find one. Castaway. Splash is probably another good tie in there. Castaway was a good romantic comedy, yeah. Uh, I'm probably going to go with something, something more modern. Um, Forgetting Sarah Marshall. I'd probably put that in there. Yeah, That's a damn good movie. It doesn't yeah. have a lot of rewatch value for me. I like Jason Segel. He's funny in it. I like all Segels. Um, but I was thinking about it because you were talking about like romantic movies. So if you're going to pick a romantic movie and not a romantic comedy, what would you say? That's tough. The Matrix. Yep, Matrix. 
Not not specifically the Matrix Part Three where they you know really fall in love. <laughs> is that what, is that what it is? <laughs> uh, I don't know. That's that's a tough one. I think when they pitched the Matrix two and three, they went, "Let's make the Matrix, but Matrixier." <laughs> Probably so. <laughs> more more Matrixy. Can we put the Matrix in the Matrix, or can we can we reverse that? Can we put the Matrix in the real world? That's kind of what they did. That's, yeah, that's I know. What they did, yeah. Do you have a favorite romance movie? Hmm. I mean, it'd be one of the five movies you've seen in your lifetime. I know. I gotta I gotta rewatch them in my head, figure out which ones <laughs> had a romance in it. I think I'm gonna say Upside Down. I really enjoy that the movie. The Kirsten Dunst movie? Yeah, I actually really enjoy that movie. I've never seen it. It's shocking! It's basically Romeo and Juliet in a sci-fi world. Yeah, that's, that's a good analogy. Yeah. They're like, they live in two worlds that literally upside down from each other, and he can't live in her world because the gravity will pull him back to his Earth, and she can't live in his world because gravity will pull her back to there. And there's this perfect point where they meet, and... That's they, stupid. And they fall in love. It's a, it's a lot better than it sounds. <laughs> I should hope so. Uh, it's not bad. Like, Jim Struge is in it. It's really good. Yeah. I don't really think Kirsten Dunn's good in it. but She's not great in anything, but it's a it's a memorable romance movie for me. Because that's not really the genre I watch, you know? Sure. You know, yeah. it's not a whole lot that I'm like, oh man, but it has a sci-fi element, and I enjoyed it, so. Love Actually is pretty good. Love Actually is pretty good. <sighs> no, so, here you go. My favorite romantic movie would be 500 days of summer 500 days of summer is excellent yeah that's a good call yeah there was is it in enchanted ella enchanted something like that it's basically uh cinderella except yeah. leonardo vinci is in it yeah like it was that. ella enchanted yeah that was good okay 50 first dates is pretty good with adam sandler mm. might as well say water boy is pretty good water boy is pretty good pretty good water boy is pretty good <laughs> <laughs> Just sh- shut up for a bit. <laughs> Little Nicky's his best movie. Let's agree so on that. So a good tie. I just looked at my poster over there. And it reminded me. Little Shop of Horrors. Another great romance. That's true. All Never right. seen it. So Last good. question. How many different kinds of love are there, Andy? Uh, platonic love, and I'm pretty sure Plato would be real upset about that. <laughs> uh, romantic love, familial love. I guess familiar love. I, I love between family members. Mm-hmm. You could say it's an infinite number because you can love anything. Self-love. Yeah, but you're saying kinds of love, yeah. right? And there's only so many kinds of love. No, there isn't. Name a form of love that doesn't fit into My any love other for category. you is not the same I have for Justin. But it's still the love between friends. No, it's not. We, we looked at each other in the eyes. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I thought we were keeping that on the down low. <laughs> oh, I, thought, I thought he liked me more than you, but I guess I was wrong. <laughs> He just likes parts of me more than you. That's right. It's only parts. <laughs> I mean, you've got you've got love between friends, stuff like that, which I guess would be platonic love. But you know, there there's a couple different families that all loves will fall into, and then maybe like a miscellaneous love for anything that's weird, like the love between a horse and a dog. So non-romantic and romantic love. Those are the two overarching kinds. <laughs> There's many families between then and there. Yeah, I agree with that. Sure, there we go. I solved it all. No, you made matters worse. I made it so simple. None. We were all stupider for having heard what you said. You're welcome. Well, he does support flatter. That is not true. Another lie y'all are just spreading about me. We are fake news. (laughs) All right, guys. Well, thanks for tuning in. This has been a fun episode about love. 
Uh, if you'd like to follow us on all of our social media, you can find us as at MindFudgers on Twitter or MindFudgeComedy on Facebook. If you'd like to follow me directly, you can find me as at ComicalJC. For Andy, you can find him at... At PrincessSofiaSU. And for George? Uh, at George Chips is all the social media is. And more importantly, check out our comic, Speak No Evil, which is all about love, if you really think about it. How long till the next issue? Or the next Kickstarter? Soon-ish. Soon-ish. We're working on it. All right, guys. We'll see you next time.